0: You're listening to a podcast by the Perennial Leader Project. To learn more, visit perennialleader.com. Welcome back. I hope everyone is feeling wise and well. Today, I'm excited to share a selected reading from what is often referred to as the Stoic Manual for Living, the Enchiridion by Epictetus. It's from a new project I've been working on, I'm calling Perennial Audiobooks, which is intended to deliver audio productions of ancient philosophical and spiritual writings, or you might say, from Stoics, Saints, and Sages. As you'll hear in the episode, the narration is done by an ultra-realistic, AI-generated voice that I truly scoured the internet to find I think you'll find it to be of high quality Uh, feel free to let me know in the comments what you think perennial audiobooks is a private feed it's uh, an additional benefit exclusively for members of the perennial meditations newsletter If you're already a member, you'll find a link to get access immediately to listen to the entire production of the Enchiridion. All right, without any further delay, I hope you enjoy this selected reading.
1: The Stoic Manual for Living 1. There are things which are within our power, and there are things which are beyond our power. Within our power our opinion, aim, desire, aversion, and, in one word, whatever affairs are our own. Beyond our power our body, property, reputation, office, and, in one word, whatever are not properly our own affairs. Now the things within our power are by nature free, unrestricted, unhindered, but those beyond our power are weak, dependent, restricted, alien. Remember, then, that if you attribute freedom to things by nature dependent, and take what belongs to others for your own, you will be hindered, you will lament, you will be disturbed, you will find fault both with gods and men. But if you take for your own only that which is your own and view what belongs to others just as it really is, then no one will ever compel you, no one will restrict you, you will find fault with no one, you will accuse no one, you will do nothing against your will, no one will hurt you, you will not have an enemy, nor will you suffer any harm. Aiming, therefore, at such great things, remember that you must not allow yourself any inclination, however slight, toward the attainment of the others, but that you must entirely quit some of them, and for the present postpone the rest. But if you would have these, and possess power and wealth likewise, you may miss the latter in seeking the former, and you will certainly fail of that by which alone happiness and freedom are procured. Seek at once, therefore, to be able to say to every unpleasing semblance, You are but a semblance, and by no means the real thing. And then examine it by those rules which you have, and first and chiefly by this, whether it concerns the things which are within our own power or those which are not, and if it concerns anything beyond our power, be prepared to say that it is nothing to you. 2. Remember that desire demands the attainment of that of which you are desirous, and aversion demands the avoidance of that to which you are averse, that he who fails of the object of his desires is disappointed, and he who incurs the object of his aversion is wretched. If, then, you shun only those undesirable things which you can control, you will never incur anything which you shun. But if you shun sickness or death or poverty, you will run the risk of wretchedness. Remove the habit of aversion, then, from all things that are not within our power, and apply it to things undesirable which are within our power. But for the present— altogether restrain desire, for if you desire any of the things not within our own power, you must necessarily be disappointed, and you are not yet secure of those which are within our power and so are legitimate objects of desire. Where it is practically necessary for you to pursue or avoid anything, do even this with discretion and gentleness and moderation. 3. With regard to whatever objects either delight the mind, or contribute to use, or, are tenderly beloved, remind yourself of what nature they are, beginning with the merest trifles. If you have a favourite cup, that it is but a cup of which you are fond of, for thus, if it is broken, you can bear it, if you embrace your child or your wife, that you embrace a mortal, and thus, if either of them dies, you can bear it. 4. When you set about any action, remind yourself of what nature the action is. If you are going to bathe, represent to yourself the incidents usual in the bath, some persons pouring out, others pushing in, others scolding, others pilfering. And thus you will more safely go about this action if you say to yourself, I will now go to bathe and keep my own will in harmony with nature and so with regard to every other action. For thus, if any impediment arises in bathing, you will be able to say, It was not only to bathe that I desired, but to keep my will in harmony with nature, and I shall not keep it thus if I am out of humour at things that happen. 5. Men are disturbed not by things, but by the views which they take of things. Thus death is nothing terrible, else it would have appeared so to Socrates but the terror consists in our notion of death, that it is terrible, when, therefore, we are hindered or disturbed or grieved, let us never impute it to others, but to ourselves, that is, to our own views. It is the action of an uninstructed person to reproach others for his own misfortunes, of one entering upon instruction to reproach himself, and one perfectly instructed To reproach neither others nor himself. 6. Be not elated at any excellence not your own. If a horse should be elated and say, I am handsome, it might be endurable. But when you are elated and say, I have a handsome horse, know that you are elated only on the merit of the horse. What then is your own? The use of the phenomena of existence so that when you are in harmony with nature in this respect, you will be elated with some reason, for you will be elated at some good of your own. 7. As in a voyage, when the ship is at anchor, if you go on shore to get water, you may amuse yourself with picking up a shellfish or a truffle in your way, but your thoughts ought to be bent toward the ship and perpetually attentive, lest the captain should call and then you must leave all these things, that you may not have to be carried on board the vessel, bound like a sheep. Thus likewise in life, if, instead of a truffle or shellfish, such a thing as a wife or a child be granted you, there is no objection. But if the captain calls, run to the ship, leave all these things, and never look behind. But if you are old, never go far from the ship, lest you should be missing when called for. 8. Demand not that events should happen as you wish, but wish them to happen as they do happen, and you will go on well. 9. Sickness is an impediment to the body, but not to the will, unless itself pleases. Lameness is an impediment to the leg, but not to the will, and say this to yourself with regard to everything that happens." for you will find it to be an impediment to something else, but not truly to yourself. 10. upon every accident, remember to turn toward yourself and inquire what faculty you have for its use. If you encounter a handsome person, you will find continence the faculty needed, if pain then fortitude, if reviling then patience. And when thus habituated, the phenomena of existence will not overwhelm you. 11. Never say of anything. I have lost it, but I have restored it. Has your child died? It is restored. Has your wife died? She is restored. Has your estate been taken away? That likewise is restored. But it was a bad man who took it. What is it to you by whose hands he who gave it has demanded it again? While he permits you to possess it, Hold it as something not your own, as do travellers at an inn. 12. If you would improve, lay aside such reasonings as these. If I neglect my affairs, I shall not have a maintenance. If I do not punish my servant, he will be good for nothing. For it were better to die of hunger, exempt from grief and fear, than to live in affluence with perturbation, and it is better that your servant should be bad than you unhappy. Begin, therefore, with little things. Is a little oil spilled or a little wine stolen? Say to yourself, This is the price paid for peace and tranquillity, and nothing is to be had for nothing. And when you call your servant, consider that it is possible he may not come at your call, or, if he does, that he may not do what you wish but it is not at all desirable for him, and very undesirable for you, that it should be in his power to cause you any disturbance. 13. If you would improve be content to be thought foolish and dull with regard to externals. Do not desire to be thought to know anything, and though you should appear to others to be somebody, distrust yourself. For be assured, it is not easy at once to keep your will in harmony with nature and to secure externals. But while you are absorbed in the one, you must of necessity neglect the other. 14. If you wish your children and your wife and your friends to live forever, you are foolish, for you wish things to be in your power which are not so, and what belongs to others to be your own. So likewise, if you wish your servant to be without fault, you are foolish, for you wish vice not to be vice but something else. But if you wish not to be disappointed in your desires, that is in your own power. Exercise, therefore, what is in your power. A man's master is he who is able to confer or remove whatever that man seeks or shuns. Whoever then would be free, let him wish nothing, let him decline nothing, which depends on others. Else he must necessarily be a slave. 15. Remember that you must behave as at a banquet. Is anything brought round to you? Put out your hand and take a moderate share. Does it pass by you? Do not stop it. Is it not yet come? Do not yearn in desire toward it, but wait till it reaches you. So with regard to children, wife, office, riches, and you will some time or other be worthy to feast with the gods. And if you do not so much as take the things which are set before you, but are able even to forego them, then you will not only be worthy to feast with the gods, but to rule with them also, for by thus doing Diogenes and Heraclitus, and others like them, deservedly became divine and were so recognized.
0: Thank you for subscribing and listening to another episode of the Perennial Meditations podcast. I hope you found something useful for daily life if so i urge you to put what you heard into practice until next time be wise and be well